Welcome, everybody, to Pulse of Fins Nation here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Now, if you're looking at your calendar and saying to yourself, hey, today is not Tuesday, today is Wednesday. Yes, we rescheduled the show because the Florida Panthers seem to take over everybody in the network all at once. So we decided to go ahead and just uh, postpone for one day, and now we'll be doing it tonight. So everybody who was not expecting some Dolphins talk today, you will have some now. So, uh, Mr. Eric, how was the Panthers game, sir? Yes, yes, yes. I'm doing all right this evening. How are you doing today, Lewis? <laughs> it's like just like like uh, Eric is like, hey, uh, try not to uh, try not to say hi to me or anything. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm sorry. The the internet cut out there for a second. I was I was I was not not hearing you great there. Oh, okay. So you have no idea what I asked. Okay. Well, what I said was is that how was the Panthers game? Oh, oh, um, yeah, it ended up really nice. Overtime win three, two. All right. So you had, so you got, you got, uh, you got your money's worth on that. Considering that the tickets were free. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Hey, listen, if you, but did you, but if you, if you got the ticket for free, that means you had to splurge a little bit on like concessions and stuff like that. You gotta, I don't know what, what there was, there was, there was dinner after the, there was dinner after the game. Okay, dinner after the game. Okay, so you don't need to get the ten dollar hot dog or whatever it is that's over there. No. I mean, what 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 concessions are at a hockey game? Is it the same stuff as what you would have at a regular uh, football you game? You know, uh, yeah, well, you gotta you gotta consider the Canadian audience. So there's a lot of poutine. Oh, okay, um, I haven't tried that. Need to. Uh poutine's actually pretty good. I like I like poutine quite a bit. It's just gravy right. on mat on on French fries. It's you know. Well, listen, next time you get the opportunity to go to one, you're going to have to take me to a game and, and also explain everything that I'm looking at. Because for the life of me, I went to, I've gone to one hockey game in my entire life and I'm 30 years old, one game in my entire life. And it was with my old pastor at my previous church before the one that I'm at now. And I could not figure out why you would get away with slamming a dude into the wall with your whole body, just like straight up body checking the dude and no penalty but god forbid you stretch out your stick just a little bit and even accidentally trip over the guy and somehow that's a penalty i i don't understand how that works so somebody's gonna have to like explain the game to me like i'm four as we're watching the game yeah well you know i mean i guess it's the same reason why you can you can body slam guys in the nfl but you can't you can't take the helmet off and uh try to tackle somebody with it no, but that makes sense though. You're supposed to keep your helmets on. That's like a rule. That that's a hard that's set true. rule. Like like that's a safety issue. That's but that's why it makes doesn't that's why it doesn't make any sense to me in the world of hockey. Like, is that not a safety issue <laughs> when you just slam the dude into the wall and just like there you go, you're done. I, I don't get that. But that's okay. There's, there's very yeah. arbitrary lines drawn with all these things. It's very, very odd to me too. Okay, so whatever the, whatever the ratings indicate, got it. Okay, <laughs> so, all right, we'll get into some actual Dolphins stuff right now. Uh, we're going to talk about the offseason priorities for the Miami Dolphins, what I feel like, what Eric feels like we should be prioritizing. And also, for anybody who's in the comments, make sure that you're using the Super Chat. It is what helps us out, supports us to continue to do what we do here at the Five Reasons Sports Network. Speaking of supporting us, before we get too much further into it, going to go ahead and mention that, as always, this show is brought to you thanks to the 3 yards Per Carry crew. This show is brought to you by Diet Smoke. 
So if you're somebody who's looking to find a new place, a new smoke shop for your to, to, to frequent, you can go to dietsmoke.com. You can buy premium THC, Delta H THC, Delta 9 THC, and CBD online. Diet Smoke gives you the balanced buzz that you may be looking for if you're looking for a new place to frequent for your smoke shop. Use the promo code WADDLE and you'll get 50% off any item. So go ahead and get started and enjoy your journey with dietsmoke.com. All right. So uh, we'll get into the real news because I guess this is considered news, right? And this is what I personally feel like is one of the top priorities for the Miami Dolphins this offseason, Eric. Miami Dolphins are going to be hanging on to Christian Wilkins, it looked like. According to some reports, uh, I believe it was what it was Dan Graziano, if I'm not mistaken. He's the one who basically reported that the Dolphins are going to be intending to cape Christian Wilkins at all costs. They're going to they're not going to let him leave, which I believe is the right thing. Uh, there were some people I, I did a take five the other day. And there were some people saying this is the worst thing that you can possibly do because by keeping Christian Wilkins, you're going to lose several more starters. And that was something that actually got sent on my uh, my Twitter feed after I put it that if you if the Miami Dolphins feel the need to do this, they need to move mountains to keep Christian Wilkins because Christian Wilkins, I keep saying it over and over again. He is the heartbeat of the Miami Dolphins defense. They go as he goes and he and Zach Sealer together. I have not seen the defensive tackle tandem and Miami since the days of Daryl Gardner and Tim Bowens. I have not. There has not been a pair as effective as those two since those days. So to get, let so to let Christian Wilkins walk, especially it, this is the funny thing. Um, it's actually interesting. Jason Starney posted this. He's a friend of mine. He actually posted this on Twitter. It, it's, it's very interesting because people criticize Chris Greer's draft picks. And yet when he finally finds one who's really, really good, and he's worthy of getting a top-tier contract, people want to let him walk so that Chris Greer can continue to make more draft picks. So so what is so what it sounds like to me is what it really is, is that no, they just want Chris Greer fired and they don't care if a player is good or not. Like, like yes, we want we want Christian Wilkins gone. Also, we want Chris Greer to not be making draft picks anymore. So you can't if you find a guy who's good and Honestly, this is part of the same argument that I made for Jarvis Landry way, way back in the day. You finally get a good player, somebody who fits what you do, somebody who is a fantastic player and a good fit for your scheme, and you just let him walk so that you can try to make more draft picks and try to replace the dude that you just let walk because he was actually a hit. Christian Wilkins is, again, heart and soul of the defense. And Anthony Weaver, the new defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, I mentioned this in the Take 5 as well, he seems very excited to work with Christian Wilkins. And you can't work with Christian Wilkins if Christian Wilkins is not on the team. So there seems to be, if nothing else, Anthony Weaver probably in Chris Greer's ear saying, listen, don't let this guy walk. I want him. I need him. For what I am going to do with this scheme, I need Christian Wilkins back on the team. And I personally feel like, him and also Tua, and we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Those two for me are my number, are my one and two top priorities for the Miami Dolphins this offseason. And I get a cap for life here in the comments. Do you let Christian Wilkins get wine and dine, then come back, offer him something more? To answer your question, Cap, no, absolutely not. I don't let him wine or dine. I let him I I, I hold him hostage, seriously. But I personally feel like this should not be difficult. Has Christian Wilkins given any indication that he does not want to be in Miami? It seems to me that he loves this team. He loves his teammates. Lord knows he loves 
Zach Sealer. Like those two together, the, the whole salt and pepper combo that everybody was talking about on Hard Knocks. Those two dudes are really good friends. And Wilkins is going to get paid no matter what. Whether he gets paid with Miami or he gets paid somewhere else, well, I'm sure that Chris Greer is going to do a fantastic sell job. He's going to sell no income tax. He's going to sell you're getting to stay home. You don't have to up and relocate. You don't have to do all that sort of stuff. So Christian Wilkins, I hope the Dolphins make him a fair offer for what he is. Last year, whatever he was asking for would have been a fair offer in my eyes. The Dolphins disagreed. Now, whatever that fair offer was last year, it's going to be more than that. So pay the piper. Keep your elite players, and I do put Christian Wilkins in that elite category because he is. He proved it. He already proved it. I don't need to see three, four, five seasons of the same stuff before I can say elite player. I don't need to wait that long. Aaron Donald, as soon as he started hitting the field, people were saying, that's an elite player right there. So, And Chris Jones in Kansas City, did they need three or four years to see that? Oh, this is a really good, good this is an elite dude. Christian Wilkins has been doing phen- phenomenal things, and even if it was under the radar, now it finally shows in the stat in the stat sheet, not just on film. So now everybody starts to catch on. Oh, he's actually good. Yeah, he well, he's been good. You just haven't been paying attention because you only look at sack numbers. I've been noticing for the past two seasons. So Eric, I'm going to go ahead and let you talk now. Um, what are your thoughts on the Christian Wilkin news? Do you have any um, Do you have any different priorities for the Dolphins? Do you or what are you, What are you thinking? So I'm going to end up, I, I hate this because you're so overwhelmingly positive on the Christian Wilkins stuff that I, I by default, by, by saying not at all costs, I become the anti-Christian Wilkins guy. I want Christian Wilkins back. I love Christian Wilkins, but I, I, I hesitate to say at any and all costs just because I'm not sure any player is worth that. Um, that said, I think the Dolphins are actually in a, pretty good spot with Christian Wilkins considering how saturated the the defensive line free agency class is this year this is a class that features Chris Jones this is a class that features Justin Matabuike who very similar player to Christian Wilkins thrived in Baltimore um you know where Anthony Weaver was so I'm sure Anthony Weaver kind of sees those parallels and wants to continue to work with a guy like that in Christian Wilkins um, Leonard Williams is also a free agent along the defensive line. So there's there's a lot of really high quality options at defensive line to the point where I'm I, I almost wonder if maybe even if he were to hit free agency, maybe the market is so saturated that Wilkins might not command what he what he's hoping he could possibly command. Um I th- I think the standard for a Christian Wilkins contract has always been Quinn and Williams, and I think that that's very fair. I think that's probably where about we'll end up coming in with Christian Wilkins. Um, and I think that fans and, and the team should be ecstatic about that alike, especially when you consider at least for 2024, they can have their cake and eat it too. Um, an extension for Christian Wilkins probably doesn't reach the cap number that the franchise tag would. Same thing with two extending to a would not year one would not be anywhere close to what the franchise tag number would be those deals would actually save you money at least towards next season. 25, 26, 27, 28, that's down the road you deal with it when it comes um, at this point. We are we are operating on a year-to-year basis with the Miami Dolphins, um, and at least in 2024, the, the bills will not yet come due. Um, there's still a lot of structuring that they have to do because of the cap situation that they're in, and they're fortunate that the cap raised a little bit more than projected to $250 million 
So now I think that they're only now I think they're only projected to be uh, 42 million over the cap rather than 50. Um, but it all it all it all helps when you consider the fact that guys like Xavier Howard, Emmanuel Logba, um, Jerome Baker will probably be at the very least restructured. They they will have the ability to save money. They will have the ability to extend Christian Wilkins and to and save money at least towards this season. I don't know if they'll be able to get back guys like Connor Williams, Robert Hunt. Um, but I think ultimately, along along the edges, this has to be a year where Christian Wilkins, or I'm sorry, where uh, Chris Greer, kind of kind of. He needs to he needs to fight off that temptation for the shiny object. This is this is a year where we need him to do the work along the margins of the roster. It's not the sexiest thing in the world, but they need better depth because when they did get banged up and when they did get hurt, you know, that's what ended up losing them a lot of those games and I know that for and I know you can you can make the argument that they got just really bad injury luck and to an extent they did. Um, but I need, I need a lot of cost controlled talent that can provide depth for this team. Cause I have no, I have no questions about the top end talent on the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have pro bowlers all across the board at a bunch of different positions. It's who are the guys behind them? Are they sacrificing the guys behind them because they have pro bowlers at those positions? And so I think ultimately it's going to sound really boring. My number one priority for the Dolphins this year is to get more draft picks in this year's draft so that you can continue to supplement yourself with cost controlled, reasonable, reasonably priced talent on this team that can come in and be that depth uh, for those high price pieces. If, you know, if somebody goes down, God forbid. All right. But that now here's the, here's the thing though. If that's your priority, then I would ask Mm -hmm. what's your plan for actually making that happen? Because draft picks don't come out of thin air. And even if you were to try to argue compensatory picks, that doesn't come until the season after. So where are you getting these new draft picks? I, you know, I think, I think that there are, I think that there are guys that, that can be, that can be moved. Um, You know, I know that they're, they're looking at, you know, we all kind of just assume Xavier Howard is going to be a post June one cut. Is there a chance that they can get a mid round pick for him? Even with his, you know, even with the money being what it is, if you can get a fourth rounder for him, considering the alternative is that you're probably going to cut him anyways, I say, absolutely. Um, you know, you look at a guy like, and then you look at other positions on the team, you look at guys like, you know, whether it be Jerome Baker, I know that we talked about potentially him being a restructure. Is he a guy that maybe instead gets dealt? Um, because he is a guy that would have value to other teams. And I know that we talked last week about how valuable he is to the defense, but that's precisely why he would have trade value and be able to get them something of, of, of value there. Um, you know, I look at another guy in along the defensive line. I mean, I really doubt you get anything for an Emmanuel Ogba. Um, but if you, but if you can, you absolutely should pursue it. I mean, I think he had what five sacks in nine games last year when he, when he was able to play. So it's not like, you know, he's not a cap casualty because he sucks. He's a cap casualty because he makes too much money um, for what he brings the team. I, I, I wouldn't be, you know, against 
Emmanuel Ogba on a reasonable deal, but you know, just that $18 million, it's, it's untenable. So those are, I mean, those are, those are really a few guys that you can, that you can make moves with. Obviously, you know, you can go into fantasy land and talk about, you know, moving big money player X or Y, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any of that regardless. I do think ultimately you think hard, you think long and hard about maybe a Raheem Mostert with, with Devon Achan's uh, uh, breakout season last year. You think long and hard because he had a really great season. Um, but at 32 years old, you wonder about the tread on the tires and, but he seems like a guy that maybe has more value to Miami than, than elsewhere in the league. So I don't know how much they would get for a Raheem Mostert. Um, but those are those are just the first guys that kind of come off the top of my head, like, you know, or or even using picks in 2025, unfortunately, um, to go ahead and and potentially move, move, move into the third or fourth round this year, because, you know, I know you, you, you want those picks to potentially start a rebuild if you have to, you know, it's it's one of those insurance plans that God forbid, if anything goes wrong. You have that war chest built up, but if you're really going to go all in on 2024 and by all accounts, they want to go all in on 2024 and they want this to be the team that makes it work, then you get creative, including future future capital, um, and you sort the rest out later. Well, I'll say this about making trades. I was just looking at over the cap to see what the consequences of that thing would be. So we're talking about Xavier Howard, right? Let's talk about Xavier Howard real quick. If you were to trade Xavier Howard, and here's where there becomes a problem, either trading or cutting Xavier Howard at this juncture, and if you do it before June 1st, you get $23 million in dead cap and only like less than $3 million in savings. That's per over the cap. So the yeah, only fine. way that you trade Xavier Howard or even cut him for that matter, it has to be after June 1st. That is when it goes up. Uh, so you get about 7.5 million in dead cap and about 18 and a half million in savings. That's the only time it's going to make sense for Xavier Howard to be traded. Uh, and I see a comment coming in on the chat. Gil Toro talking about sign Christian Wilkins, sign Connor Williams, Xavier Howard, Andrew Van Ginkle, and Jerome Baker. This is the problem though, M- Mr. Gill, is that the Dolphins don't have the money for all that. They don't. Now, Here's the here's what I'm saying. If you're going to look at who's the priority, Christian Wilkins for me is number one. He needs to come back. I would be willing to extend Jerome Baker right now. If you cut Jerome Baker, let's say you cut Jerome Baker right now, you get about less than a little less than 10 million in savings and about 5 million in dead cap. I would straight up just tr- I would resign, extend right now Jerome Baker because I already saw what he what what the defense looks like without him. And like for we've we've trashed Jerome Baker on this show. We've talked about him in articles like we need to see more. We need to see more. Jerome Baker does a lot more than apparently anybody gives credit. Just like the it's in, in a very weird way. Jerome Baker is the linebacker equivalent to Christian Wilkins. He's a very unsung, not very noticed. But as soon as his absence is is there, you feel it. It's like, oh, wait a minute. There's a difference here. Like you can tell the difference, but I thought he wasn't that great. No, he's a lot better than anybody gives him credit for. So Jerome Baker right now against the cap. Uh, he currently would, if he were to go into the season as it stands right now, he would count for 14 and a half million against the cap. I would extend him 
I would keep him around. Jerome Baker, as it stands right now, just for everybody who understands, he's currently 28 years old. Give him another four-year deal. He'll be 32 by the time the contract expires. That's a good amount of time, I think, to get the most out of Jerome Baker and then let him walk. Give him a give him a decent deal. He's not a top linebacker in the NFL. He's not going to be able to command the likes of a Roquan Smith or something along those lines. But he'll make a decent amount of money. Put it in, put a low number in 2024. Lower that cap hit as much as you can go. Like I, I don't know the uh, the generic ways of how the math works, but making it so that it's like instead of 15 million, it's like four or five million against the cap. Might find a way to make that work. That saves you a lot of money, and you get to right. keep Jerome Baker. That's important for Miami. So now that leaves, uh, as Gil mentioned, Connor Williams. This is the situation that Connor Williams finds himself in, but I honestly don't think it's going to matter as much. With Connor Williams, you have he's he's getting off of an injury that he suffered very very late in the season, so he's not. I don't think he's even going to be ready for Week One, regardless. That being said, when he was on the field, he was a stud of a blocker. He is probably one of the best blockers the Miami Dolphins have had on that offensive line in recent history. But the problem is, is that he already held out once during training camp. During all that wonderful stuff, he eventually came in, but he held out. He didn't He didn't want to play ball. He wanted to be paid like a top player. And as a result, Miami ultimately didn't get the job done. So here's where the problem is. If you're Connor Williams, you're going to look at the Miami Dolphins and say, listen, I'm still one of your best offensive linemen. I still deserve to get paid. Did you see the difference when I wasn't there? Did you see how bad it was when I wasn't playing center? And he'll probably say, all due respect to my friend Liam, my boy. He's not on my level. (laughs) And he's going to want to get paid like it. So some team out there is going to recognize that and say, listen, we'll pay you. And we'll wait for you to get ready because we can afford to lose you for a bit. Miami is not in a position where they can pay top dollar to a guy who's not going to be ready week one. And not only that, he's already proven that he's willing to hold out for the money that he wants. That doesn't smell like a team player. That doesn't smell like somebody who meets meets the culture that the Dolphins are trying to make. So right now, unless he's willing to take a team-friendly deal, which I don't think he is, I'm letting Connor Williams walk. And I'm not just going to leave that hole there. I would go ahead and my, my, as of right this second, my initial desire for the Dolphins in the draft, if he's available at pick 21, is uh, that center that everybody's been talking about. I can't remember. I think it's Jackson Powers Johnson or something like that. Or, or am I getting JJP. that the other way around? J, JPJ or J, JJP? JPJ. Yeah, yeah. JPJ. It's JPJ. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So acronyms. Blah. Um, we had a J- we had JPP last year. We had JP. We last did year. have JPP, yeah. Like, too many J's, too many P's. But anyway, um, Jackson Powers Johnson, I'm 100% picking him. And I, I don't want to hear about the whole, oh, why are you picking a center in round one? Because he's going to fill a hole immediately. He's going to fill a very big hole that I don't want filled by Liam Eikenberg. I appreciate Butch Berry and everything that he managed to do in 2023. I don't want him to have to make miracles. Give me some talent on that line. Some young, cheap talent. You think you think you think Kansas City is regretting the Creed Humphrey thing? I don't. I mean, I know he's had some he's had his moments with snaps, I think, but aside from that, he's been fantastic for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
And I wanted Creed Humphrey. I remember yelling up and down. Mm-hmm. Creed Humphrey hasn't been picked yet. Why are the Dolphins not jumping up and down trying to get their hands on him? Didn't care. They let him go. I couldn't believe it. And so now Miami is in a little bit of a pickle when it comes to the offensive line. So they need to get some good players. Jackson Powers Johnson fits that bill. You can find wide receivers that can do what Miami needs later on in the draft. There's a lot of depth at wide receiver this year. I want top-level talent at center again. I'd want Connor Connor Williamson walk. We'll get a center on a rookie deal. We'll see if Robert Hunt is willing to play ball with us because he seems like a really good dude. I wouldn't. I'd try to find a way to reclaim Robert Hunt, re-sign him, make it so that he's going to be cheap, and at least the first year. And uh, I have uh, in Dade in the comments talking about Dolphins have too much money distributed to the periphery. Most sustained, successful franchises have their money distributed amongst the trenches, inside out. I can't disagree with that, but that's why I'm saying again, find good players. Jackson Powers Johnson seems like a no. Can't, he like he can't miss. Like he can't. He cannot miss. So there is probably going to be some team out there that's going to look at him and say, we'll take a first rounder on a center. I just hope he falls to 21 because there is a lot of really good talent at the top of the draft. So uh, Eric, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I, I saw, I saw, I saw a mock the other day that had Pittsburgh take him at 20 right before the Dolphins. Right before Miami. And I, huh? and I, I, I almost flipped my coffee at the laptop. <laughs> I mean, that would be rather frustrating if it happened right before Miami. It would, it would be. So, uh, yeah. and by the way, for anybody who is uh, listening to this afterwards on the Three Yards Per Carry podcast feed, if you haven't already signed up for OnlyFans, only $3 a month, the guys uh, at Three Yards Per Carry, Alf, uh, Simon, and CK, they've been going back and forth on their OnlyFans Discord server about who are some prospects that they really like. Make sure you go check that out. You can get some really good names on there. That's where I'm getting some of my names. But I would, if I'm Miami, my priority in the draft, 100% is get that offensive line fixed. Seriously. If you can't retain Robert Hunt for whatever reason, use your second round pick on an offensive lineman too. Make this the most boring, the most bland, basic draft that you can possibly do. And here's the reason why I say this. You look at the Dolphins roster. Let's look at the, I'm looking at over the cap because that's that shows who's actually on contract right now. You still got Tyreek Hill with your wide receiver one. You still got Jalen Waddle on his rookie deal. That's wide receiver two. So you're already set on weapons, at least on those fronts. Now, if you need a third, they still have some fringe players that they're going to try to make fit. And I think there's some potential with the wide receiver room. Eric is in comma. I'm still waiting to see what he can do. I think that he was a future pick to begin with. And now he's going to get the opportunity again. He was starting to show that he had something there. And then he had a, a freak head injury. I guess this is from way back when. I don't even know if it was back when he was playing in college. Maybe it was even before that. Yeah. But he should be back now. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do because he was having a very Debo Samuel-ish role in the offense for the brief time that he was available. And I would love to see him do more. So you have a potential three with Eric Azunkama. They still they're still hanging on to Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn. And Schwartz. They he's another speed guy. He's more, he's more speed. I personally would look at if I'm the Dolphins, the only thing I'm looking at really is I'm going to try to see if I can find a bigger wide receiver somewhere in the middle of the draft or maybe a cheaper guy in free agency, just somebody to fill that necessary role. But that's not something that's going to be hard to find. It's not somebody who's somebody, somebody who's just taller can run routes, can 
do the blocking that's required of him. That's not going to be difficult. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, going to let you take it from here, Eric, now, because I want to, I've, I've been already been talking for most of this show. So you were talking about now what your priorities were. Are there any specific players early on in free agency that you're looking at but that you might be wanting to keep an eyeball on? I know that Noah Fant, a tight end, is somebody that the three yards per carry crew have been talking about, but I don't know what your priorities are as far as just free agent fringe players. So as far as as far as free agent fringe players, I, I brought this name up last week and I'm going to talk about him again because I, number one, I think that you're going to look at the, or two players, two players I'll name. Uh, number one, you're looking at, I think in the draft, probably a very trenches heavy year this year. And so I think that if the Dolphins do add to some of those skill positions, it will be um, in, in free agency. So a few guys that I'm looking at, I'm looking at um, Jawan Jennings in San Francisco. Plays in the same system. He's a bigger guy. He blocks He blocks his butt off um, on the outside. And he knows how to get open. He's another one of those guys like a, like a Trent Sherfield who who I, I felt like that was an aspect they were missing this year. Maybe they get it with Eric Izukama going forward. Um, and then, you know, I know that Dolphins Twitter flirted with, and even I did, the idea of Derrick Henry uh, earlier in the offseason, but I think I'm over that. Um, it was a fad. It was a phase, Lewis. I grew out of it. It's okay. Um, <laughs> um, no, but, you know, if I'm looking at if I'm looking at a guy that can grind out the tough yards for the Dolphins and you want somebody that's going to be cheaper, why not get a local guy like Gus Edwards? Um, at, if you want to bring somebody like that into the running back room, you know, maybe at two or three million dollars a year. And he's a guy that gives you at six, three two two thirty eight that gives you that big body kind of short yardage back. Now, I know they have Chris Brooks on the roster and he's a guy that they're going to try to develop. You know, it's 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 one of those things where Mike McDaniel and Eric Spolster have started to spend so much time together that I'm wondering if Mike McDaniel isn't trying to do a lot of those heat culture things where he's just got three or four guys, uh, you know, kind of just waiting in the wings that we don't know about that he's he's just waiting to unleash next season. Uh, and I think that those three guys are Chris Brooks, Eric Azukama, and Julian Hill. Um, I don't know how much they're going to give, how much, how many resources they really want to allocate to the, to the running back position or to the, uh, tight end position, given that they seem pretty happy with Julian Hill. Um, and, and Durham Smythe, I think is, if you looked up tight end two in the dictionary, uh, Durham Smythe would pop up, um, as the first thing he's just your prototypical, reliable second tight end, you know, additionally, there there's there's just not a ton else out there that I really think that they need to be going out and acquiring starters for. I think they need to be looking at guys that, hey, you know what, break glass in case of emergency. Oh my God, if Teron Armstead goes down, we better make sure Kendall Lamb is re-signed. Um, Isaiah Wynn's season ended in injury, but he looked pretty good in those few games that he played. He's probably going to be pretty cheap. I say bring him right back. Um, doesn't mean you have to guarantee him a starting spot at left guard, although he played pretty well there when he was healthy. Um, so, you know, I think ultimately you're looking at, at, at really 
it's cheap guys going out, you know, finding depth. Depth is the word. Mike White uh, is is a guy that I think is probably an easy cut because he didn't really offer you much, unfortunately. Uh, shout out to Mike White, local guy, but, you know, Tua played all 17. So that, he, uh, that's much going to be yeah, saved. The thing is with Mike White is that he his savings are marginal at best. Like it's worth over the cap. But are you really spending? Are you really paying five million for a backup quarterback when you've got Skylar Thompson as your third stringer? And if the Miami Dolphins plan on draft, I know that Dolphins Twitter is dying to draft a quarterback at some point. Like they're desperately looking for the next Brock Purdy, which. I mean, whatever. I, mean, I think two what, of listen, Brock Purdy, but whatever. In, in the in the sixth or seventh round, listen. After round four, I'm all for best player available. If it happens to be a quarterback, whatever. You know. What if it's two quarterbacks? What if it's round four is a quarterback, round five a quarterback, round six a quarterback? How, how far does BPA go, Eric? <laughs> They're within reason, of course. Okay, within okay. reason, of course. All right, I, I I don't I don't want them taking three quarterbacks in in rounds five six and seven. Although, um, I think it would be pretty funny just from the social media. Reaction. Oh my god, yeah, it's like um, one of these guys has to be better than Tua, please. And they, oh my god, <laughs> you guys are hopeless. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the. I'm just gonna look at the list here. You know who? You know who would be? I'm I'm gonna say this now. You know who would be mm-hmm. an underrated extension. And nobody's talking about this. And I don't know why. David Long Jr. only signed a two-year deal. This is year two now. So if I'm the Dolphins, I'm looking at David Long and I'm saying, hey, can we go back to the negotiating table and let's try to keep you here longer? He he did a phenomenal job. I really do believe that. And he managed to stay healthy. What else can you ask for? The whole issue with David Long Jr. was he's great when he's healthy. Well, he was. Him and Tua. Go figure. So I'm looking at David Long Jr. now, and I'm saying, hey, dude, uh, can we talk about extending you? Maybe lower your cap hit for this year a little bit. Maybe we'll get you a good deal uh, moving forward into the future. I'd love to keep David Long around. Now, to be fair, all of this depends on what Anthony Weaver actually wants to do with the defense. He said straight up that the Baltimore Ravens were his template, as it were, for what it is that he wants to do with this team. That was during his press conference. If you're the Ravens, if and if you're the Dolphins and you're going to try to copy them, then you're probably going to need more safeties. You have right now Javon Holland, who is still on his rookie deal, and we'll see if he can ha- he has a a revitalization, as it were, a revival. Um, they'll probably try to keep Deshaun Elliott around. They'll have to re-sign him. He's no longer on contract. Uh, what can they? Uh, he had a good season though. So what can we get him for? I know that. Um, where there's a very distinct possibility they might try to move around Jalen Ramsey and try to make him safety-ish. Nick Needham, he didn't play much. I know he's still good. I know he is. I'm guessing that he just wasn't very healthy. I can, I, I, we can get him back. I think we can get Needham back for a very reasonable price, and he would be phenomenally helpful right now. So we take care of that. Uh, Brandon Jones is still in the safety mix. Brandon Jones, yeah. Well... Actually, no, wait, oh, hold on. Oh, Brandon Jones is no longer on contract. Okay, here's my thing with Brandon Jones. I recognize what he's capable of in the box, but he's limited. 
he's not a dude that we need unless you're looking to try to send more blitzes at somebody. Brandon Jones does not do much for you unless you're having him play like a fast linebacker. That's my concern with Brandon Jones. So, And I feel like if you're looking for that kind of a player, somebody who's just big, strong, fast, makes hard tackles, you can find that in the later rounds. That's where we found Brandon Jones. We found him later on. I wouldn't, unless he's willing to take a, a really small deal, which I think he might try to explore for the agency before he just comes back like that. I would try to look and see in the draft if maybe there's somebody else out there who can get the job done. I keep Nick Needham around because he's more versatile. Not only is he good at tackling, but he also is actually decent in coverage and he's versatile, which Brandon Jones is not. Nick Needham can play corner if you have to have him. He can play slot. Right. He can play safety. Brandon Jones plays safety. That's it. And he plays box safety specifically. That's what he does best. Also, he also has a tendency to knock out his own players with his recklessness. I, I don't need that anymore. <laughs> I, I really don't need that anymore. So I, lo- I like Brandon Jones. He's good. Is he indispensable? I let him walk. That's just me. Um. But that's but also, we also have the likes of Cam Smith waiting around, waiting in the wings at corner. Mm-hmm. I want to see what he can do. Mm-hmm. He put out that he I put out. Say... Go ahead. No, you first. No, I was gonna I was gonna say on the same token, I still want to see what Channing Tindall can do. Uh, I I feel like that there may just be nothing there to be honest. I, there, I, there, not, there might be there might not two be, coordinators but... now two coordinators now ignored him entirely I, I i feel like there's just kind of nothing with channing tindall well i mean he was we always knew it was a red shirt year year one with him and then and then you're you're telling me that a second year player first year in a new system and you're a young player and you know how big fangio feels about young players yeah hold on though. Know, but, but there's a difference that. though there's a difference you know who else had a new system Eric Azumkama. But Eric Azumkama immediately showed potential, and we were wondering but, why he wasn't playing. Channing Tindall didn't show much. But my, but we know but we know Mike McDaniel is all about player development. Vic Fangio once wanted finished products that he can put in his defense who would understand the complexities of his system. He didn't want to wait on a guy to figure things out and, and learn kind of on the job. He didn't want any of that. He wanted no parts of that. And I'm going to respond to some comments. Parrish Stevens is saying cut Baker. Um, We talked about Baker a little earlier. I personally would not cut him. I think he has something to offer this defense. His versatility is important. And we already felt what it was like with his absence. Baker is better than anybody gives him credit for. I truly believe that. I just do. He's better than anybody gives him credit for. So I'm not cutting. I I was on the cut him train. I was on the cut him. I'm sorry, Eric. Hold on. I was on the cut him train. I changed my mind about that. Go ahead. So I I I just want to get back to something because you you talked about um, you know wanting to run kind of a similar defense to what the Ravens run, and then you also but you also talked about an extension for for David Long, and I'm wondering. I don't know. I, I do you do you think he's good enough in pass coverage? Because Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, those guys are really good in coverage. And Dave, that was like that was the one thing. That, I think David Long was like number one in in run defense grade according to PFF. And I don't give a ton of uh, credence to to PFF grades, uh, but 
he was really good against the run, not as good against the pass. I do wonder if there's maybe a fit issue there with David Long in, in this defense, you know, seeing that maybe he's he's just not as equipped to to run with tight ends or running backs out of the backfield as well as some other linebackers might be. I'm thinking about it, but I feel like because David Long was not on the field as much early on, and we were actually right. confused about that. But when he did get right. on there, he did everything we asked him to. So we need linebackers who are not just uh, just glorified cornerbacks. If that's the case, then you just send four safeties out there and you just let them do their job. You know what I'm saying? You need guys who are actual linebackers too. But that's why you keep both Baker and David Long because you, you're probably going to have two linebackers – like uh, probably at least two linebackers on the field most of the time. Yeah, two, two. Yeah, that's Baker and Long. Perfect. That's exactly what you need. And you're gonna have your guys in the secondary. You're probably you're gonna have your three safeties, two corners, or three say th- three corners, two safeties, whatever you wanna, wherever you wanna go with it. But even then, you're gonna look at it and say David Long did really well. And Anthony Weaver is going to be the one who's going to make the call. I'm sure if the dolphins, I personally feel like if the dolphins feel like that David long is a fit for what this defense is going to call for, they'll extend David long. I don't think they're going to just leave it like this. If they do. Yeah. I don't think they're going to leave it as the way it is. Um, Looking, looking through this again. um, This is the big one now. Okay. We're going to finally talk about it. Tua currently stands with his fifth-year option. He counts for $23 million against the cap. This is the big moment, right? You're going to yep. decide, is Tua worth it? Is Tua the guy for the future? I would like to point out to everybody, once again, once upon a time, we as Dolphins Twitter, as media members, fans, many people were, advocate, were both against and also advocating for the extension of Ryan Tannehill. And they finally went ahead and did it. They extended Tannehill. Now, it wasn't a top-tier, best quarterback in the league kind of contract, but they extended Tannehill. And we hold, we held on to him. We held on to hope. We held on to potential. And ultimately, at the end, we regretted it to some extent, but we also can acknowledge that for us, to a certain extent, Tannehill had been one of the best quarterbacks Miami had had, for better or worse, since the Marino years. When it comes to Tannehill, that's not saying a lot, but he was one of the best we've had. Him and Pennington together, I put them in the same, well, I put Pennington above Tannehill, but that's a one-year thing as opposed to the seven years we dealt with Tannehill. Now here's Tua, and he's going into his fifth year in the league now, and even though he hasn't played five years total because of his injury stuff, and mm-hmm. whatever the heck was going on with Brian Flores, Tua has already done more far and beyond anything that Tannehill has ever done while he was here. Ever. Tannehill never even made a Pro Bowl in Miami. He should have made one, but he didn't. They put, picked Andy Dalton instead. But Tua has already made his first Pro Bowl. For better, Whether you believe he deserves it or not is up to you just how you feel about him personally at this point. He made his first Pro Bowl. He's led, he's been top five in every QB statistical category for the past two seasons. 
Now, if you're going to argue he can't win the big games, all right, well, Tannehill didn't win big games either, but we held on to him. We held on to hope with him because we saw potential with him. People should still be seeing potential with Tua. And not only that, they should be seeing, they they should see that he has more potential, more capability than Tannehill ever, ever had while he was here. Not even close the same player. That's not much of an argument for a lot of people, I know. But I am somebody who is willing to go ahead and tie the knot with Tua. I'm willing to do it because I see the career trajectory. I see the development that is taking place that nobody else is wanting to acknowledge because they want Patrick Mahomes and they want him now. They basically want somebody to go find a cloning chamber somewhere and make another Mahomes to play in Miami. It's not happening. If you're looking at Tua, you should see Drew Brees. You should see the beginning, the, the beginning stages of Drew Brees. Drew Brees went to have a long, storied career in New Orleans after he left the Chargers. A Hall of Fame, and yes, one Super Bowl, but a Super Bowl nonetheless, a Super Bowl winning career with New Orleans. It took him a while to get there. But once he did, he was one of the best guys in the league, and for Every single year that Drew Brees continued to play up until the very, very tail end of his career, Miami had buyer's remorse with the Dante Culpepper thing. We wished, we lamented, we regretted the fact that Miami decided to go with Dante Culpepper instead of Drew Brees because we missed out on what would have been a Hall of Fame quarterback. Now you have a guy who's already on the team displaying the same traits, the same characteristics, the same. I guess, passion, the same, even again, the same career trajectory. They're the same kind of player. They have the same skill sets. Tua is somebody who wants to analyze the defense, find the guy who's going to be in the right spot, hit him there. That's Drew Brees. That is Drew Brees. Do not get rid of him a second time. Do not. Extend him now. Hold on to him. He will grow. He will develop. We have guys like Jared Goff and Dak Prescott who've been in the league six, seven, eight years now, nine years even, and they're still improving. Quarterback is not a perfect, you're a perfected, you're a perfect model three years into your career. It just doesn't happen, man. Even Patrick Mahomes, for as amazing and as incredible as he is, you still see he's getting better. He's still improving. Like you can't, you feel like you can't improve on perfection, but with Mahomes, it's happening. So to, for everybody to look at Tua and say he's never going to get any better, I, 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 I don't understand that. I don't. I really don't. Tannehill finally reached his ceiling, and it wasn't what we needed. I, get, I realize that now. But with Tua, there's still so much room for growth, man, so much room for potential. I, I'm, not, I'm willing to hold on to him and make it so that he stays in Miami. And not only that, that will open up the door for other players to be affordable, and that will take care of the problem. You looking something up? You there? Okay. No, I I was I was for a second. So again, I hate e- e- even though I I still like uh, generally speaking, I agree. I want to pay Tua. Um, am I as enthusiastic about it? Probably not. And there's a couple reasons. Firstly, I I don't love the Breeze comparison. Not, not, not from the perspective of skill sets. I see the parallels with the skill set. Believe me, I do. 
Um, but let me let me take you back on a in a time machine here to 2006. When Drew Brees signed with the Saints, he signed a six-year, $60 million deal. Now, I understand when it comes to inflation, salaries go up 100%. But when you look at what the salary cap was in 2006, he took up a little under 10% of the, of the cap space in terms of his average annual value. The, the salary cap next year is predicted to be 250 we're talking 40 45 a year with Tua which would almost which would be close to about 20% of your salary cap it'd be somewhere between 15 and 20%. So Drew Brees was successful in New Orleans and he had a lot of winning in New Orleans but let's be honest after year 1 once once they knew that the shoulder issues were were clear that everyone acknowledges that was a bargain of a deal um and a deal that just probably isn't viable today for any quarterback um even comparatively speaking you know i don't think two is even taking 25 a year because that's just not what starting quarterbacks go okay but but hold on eric hold on but you're talking about when he first signed the deal with the saints right yeah that doesn't account for subsequent extensions where he was paid top dollar and and he was, but I'm but but I'm talking about the contract that he won the championship on. Because because as great as Drew Brees was, and he was fantastic, he won the championship on the bargain deal. And correct me if I'm wrong. The ultimate goal here is to win the championship. Yes. Um. So and again, I'm not saying that you can't win with Tua on a massive deal. But it will be harder. Um, but it is something that you have to do because this team is ready to win now. There is no, there is no just eject seat button and you know find a new quarterback here that can have you in the position that Tua could possibly have you in going forward. You know for the next four or five seasons because of the fact that when Tua is at his A game, when he is playing at up to his absolute ceiling, um, he is a top five, six quarterback in the league at his absolute ceiling. At his now, absolute his, ceiling, Eric, I'd put him top three. Um, I was I was being a little conservative there. Um, just to, I'd, just I'd, to, if Tua's yeah. if Tua's playing at full strength and his full capability, I'd put him above Josh Allen because yeah, Josh but, Allen makes too many mistakes. On a regular, the, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers will 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 indicate top three guy when he's playing at his best. Um, right, but and that's, that's an if, that's, and I get that. That's absolutely the case. Um, what worries me a little bit is his floor. There, there just tends to be a really wide gulf between his good games and his bad games, and I just I wish that there were that there were just more average to a games out there. As as odd as that sounds. I would like it to be, you know, instead of, instead of, you know, the Tennessee game when he's, when he's having a rough game, you know, he didn't play all that great against Dallas, really. You know, it was just 292, a touchdown, no picks, but. But that's they, an average, I, that, that, that's a meh game for, right. for two of them. Exactly. Hold on. I want but now you're, those. But you're now you, but see, that's the thing. Tua had plenty of meh games in 2023. 
but we've but the standard has been raised so high and maybe unfairly that it's like unless two is throwing for 350, three touchdowns to Tyreek Hill and just absolutely perfect, we trash the guy. He's he like there are literally people who are saying that the Dolphins should find a way to trade Tua and sign Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is in the twilight of his career, bro. I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Well, that, well, firstly, that's not, that's not a, that's not. You can't. I mean, that, that's not serious. You can't. There are I mean, actual pundits. No, I understand. I understand that. I understand that they're serious, but the concept is so is so unlikely to happen. It's so absurd that I wouldn't really even particularly pay that much attention. Um, because it's it's literally it's literally like saying Santa Claus is going to play quarterback for the Dolphins next season. It's just it's not happening. Um, Tua Tagovailoa will be the Dolphins quarterback in 2024, and that is the best case scenario for the Miami Dolphins in 2024. Um, it's like I said. Ultimately, I want to see more of those mad games. And unfair or not, Tua now lives in a space where, for for better or worse. Until the Dolphins win a significant, until they make a, a, a deep postseason run, doesn't necessarily have to end in a Super Bowl. Um, although he's kind of starting to occupy that same Brock Purdy space where it feels like nothing short of a Super Bowl will satisfy people. Um, the stats no longer matter for Tua. You know, right or wrong, we can we can debate that until we're blue in the face, but we we occupy a space now where the stats don't matter. People don't care about the stats with Tua because they've seen him have those have that crazy stretch in 2022 coming off of his injury when he when he came off the first concussion and he was just setting the world on fire. And then last year, a lot of the same stuff early in the season. But you know, last year he kind of slowed down towards the end. Now, granted, in in concert with some of the injuries that were suffered on offense. Um but ultimately it's it's going to be on him to to set his number one to set his ceiling because i do think that there are, there are things that he can do to make him his ceiling higher uh you know i know you've talked about it with him running a little bit more i agree with that i i think now that he's learned the jujitsu thing you know i'm not i don't want to i don't want to uh I don't want to repeat certain narratives, but maybe maybe Ryan Clark wasn't completely off base last season. Just a little bit. Just just a just a teensy tiny bit. Um I think I think maybe he added a little bit more padding, expecting hits that didn't necessarily come. I'll just put it at that. Um so I would like to see him, you know, get a little bit leaner so that he can be a little bit quicker. So that he can move a little bit more. I do think that that would be helpful uh, for the offense. Um, but he is your best option going forward. Point blank period. You have to extend him because this is a team that wants to win now. And Tua is a ready-made quarterback for a team that wants to win now. Um, you know, regardless of, of what your opinions are of him, you know, you can put him in a blind you know, you can do the blind stats comparison with him up against almost any other quarterback in the league, and you're feeling pretty good about it. So the results are what the results are. You know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. The numbers say that Tua's been very good. 
the eye test indicates that there are things for Tua to work on, and and I absolutely believe that. I don't even think you don't believe. I, I think you believe that. Um, but ultimately, you know, I give him the contract. I don't feel great about it if it's record setting. Um, but I understand that that might just be the cost of doing business in 2024 in the NFL. I truly don't believe it's going to be record setting contract. I don't, I don't think this is going to be one of the, I don't think they have a leg to stand on. If the case is two needs to make more money than anybody else in the league, the, 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 the deal will probably be something along the lines of the Justin Herbert contract. And I'm perfectly fine with that. So we're going to, fair enough. I mean, I was I was hoping for just above Daniel Jones, but I'll I'll live with a I'll live with Daniel Jones is a thief, and he should give back the money that he stole from the Giants. <laughs> I, I I do not understand that. I just don't like you want to talk I mean, about I'll... paying Ryan Tannehill. If Miami if Miami given that kind of like even even accounting for inflation, if Miami had given Tannehill back in the day the money that Daniel Jones got, oh my God. There'd be an explosion of epic proportions. Daniel Jones does not deserve that money, dude. Because you, you know, Saquon Barkley specifically had the most. He had the. He had absolutely the biggest gripe out of all the running backs because of the contract that the Giants gave to Daniel Jones. This man had. He had to look at Daniel Jones, and he saw all the money, or at least some of the money that the Giants rightfully probably should have given to him. Just. I, I do not understand that concept at all that they gave him that money. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and call it here. Everybody, thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate you having you on. This will be also on the Three Arts for Carry podcast feed. So anywhere you get your podcast, you'll be able to listen to this as well. And for those of you who have not already done so, make sure you're going over to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, and they will match up to $100 on your initial deposit when you sign up. I've actually been on a little bit of a winning streak myself lately, so I'm very happy about that. So make sure you're going in there. Again, it's pro- from promo code 5, F-I-V-E, prizepicks.com. And if you're looking to get yourself some nice new gaming stuff, and it's all, it's, I can't say it's new because it came out during the holidays, but it's still really good. Go to my Nintendo store, use the links in the description below of this YouTube video, and you'll be able to make some bonus items you, when you make these purchases. Super Mario RPG, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, both awesome titles for you to be able to enjoy your childhood, uh, your childhood nostalgia. Get in on that right now. My Nintendo store, the links in the description below, make your orders through there. That's going to be it for this show. Make sure you're tuning in next week. We'll be back with more, and we'll see you all next time on Pulse of Fins Nation.